Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of, in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards all people. Well, last Sunday, we had our children's nativity here, and uh, all the kids came up, and they had their angel costumes on, they had their shepherd costumes on, they acted out the nativity for us. Some of you were here for that. Well, my six-year-old son, Russell, all week long was saying to me, I'm sorry, Mom, I'm not going to do it. Sorry, Mom, I'm not going to do it. And uh, he did not want to perform in the nativity that we were having. And uh, now I know we have a lot of different generations of uh, people here. And back in the day, when your six-year-old said that to you, you just said, I'm sorry, buddy. You know, you're doing it. Um, but we have Brene Brown now. <laughs> and <laughs> so, uh, so I said, it's okay to be scared, um, and you can choose to be brave. So we just kept having that conversation all week long. Um, but the, the time came, and, you know, closer to the day, he said, well, I just don't want to be a shepherd. And it's always the pastor's kid, isn't it? So he's, yeah, I don't want to be a shepherd. I want to be a wise man. Well, the day comes, and they actually were short a wise man. So Russell, my son, got to be a wise man. And um, he gets, uh, you know, up here, and uh, Charlie, who is our worship pastor, is standing there tuning his, sitting there tuning his guitar. All the kids are here. And Russell says to Charlie, do you know about this? And uh, Char Charlie says, what do you need, buddy? And uh, Russell says, are, are the wise men supposed to sit or kneel or stand? So this was, this was pretty stressful. This was quite the event uh, for my six-year-old. But in the second service, um, he came as a horse and was standing close to the shepherds and was standing close to this advent wreath of candles. So I don't know what goes through a six-year-old's head in a moment like this, uh, but Russell thought it would be a good idea to start blowing out <laughs> the candle on the advent wreath. So, um, you know, we had just lit the candle for joy, and, um, and then Tim's son goes and blows it right out. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> We had joy, and then there was no joy. <laughs> but I was thinking about Russell not wanting to be a shepherd, and I was thinking, you know, that is kind of fitting, because we're going to talk about the shepherds today. And the shepherds probably didn't want to be shepherds, because the shepherds in Jesus' day were like the lowest rung of society. The shepherds were at the bottom of the social ladder. And yet, the birth 
of the King of Kings, the arrival of the Christ child, was not announced first to rulers or to priests or to teachers, but to shepherds. The scriptures say there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. See, when the angels came to announce the birth of Christ, they did not go to the wealthy, but to the poor. They did not go to the upper rungs of society, but those at the bottom. So it's like the angels were singing, glory to God in the highest, in the lowest, and to the lowest. They were singing to the shepherds. Shepherds are kind of like the lost sheep in the family. In Jesus' day, they were often thought to be thieves. So does anybody here feel like the lost sheep of your family? Because if you do, Christmas is for you. Or do you have someone in your family that you would consider kind of, oh, they're kind of the lost sheep of my family. If so, Christmas is for you. Picture, if you will, for a moment, a Taco Bell off the freeway, and it is after midnight, and there are only three employees working the drive through after midnight at this Taco Bell. A couple of the employees are teenagers. Uh, one of them hopes to do better than night shift fast food uh, drive through work someday. The other one spends most of his time getting high. The third employee is a single mom who is, is, has a couple of kids at home with her, where she lives with her mom, and she's proud to be providing for her family, but simultaneously a little bit sad that this is the hand that she has been dealt. The doors of this Taco Bell are locked, as they usually are after the dining area is closed. And suddenly, the place is filled with men and women who are beaming bright. And these angels say to the Taco Bell workers, something amazing has happened. Do not be afraid. But a baby, a woman just had a baby, and this baby is going to make everything that is wrong right. And you can go find this baby who has just been brought home from the hospital and is at this low-income housing complex downtown, and you will know because he's wearing store-brand diapers. And the Taco Bell workers just hear this news, and they immediately respond by flinging off their headsets for the drive-through and throwing their half-eaten burritos, and they get in a car that's covered with a bunch of bumper stickers, and they race down to this low-income housing apartment and they find this child, and they are so eager, they cannot contain what they have seen. They know something good is going on, and they can't contain it. Whoever cannot greet Christmas like a humble Taco Bell worker cannot know Christmas. Whoever cannot welcome the Christ child like someone standing in line at a soup kitchen, probably cannot know Christmas. 
see, Jesus said these words, whoever will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And we often think of those words like a child as in blind, innocent trust. Like a child, we think of children that way. But actually, Jesus meant something much closer to a humble Taco Bell night shift worker or a person standing in line at a soup kitchen than the idea we often have of children. The main point Jesus is making when he says this is kind of lost across the cultural gap between then and now. Because children in our society are elevated. They are our joy. They are our pride. But in the first century, people had a much more utilitarian view of human beings, especially of children. Children were to be seen and not heard. They were simply a mouth to feed that could not pull their own weight. So Jesus' words in Mark 10 had more to do with a person's perception of themselves than the innocence we often think of in childhood. Jesus was saying this, if anyone isn't willing to place themselves alongside the least in the social order, they may not enter the kingdom of God. So in Mark 10, that would mean equating yourself with a child. Zach Poonin said this, Humility of heart is the first step to salvation. So in the context of the Christmas story, humility of heart is placing ourselves alongside the shepherds. But in our day and age, humility of heart may mean placing myself alongside the person who's picking up scraps of metal in the alley and selling them and then blowing it on booze and cigarettes. There is something about the gospel of Jesus that is, at the exact same moment, both comforting and threatening. Because we are all for the idea that Christmas is for the least of these. We just are not always so eager to place ourselves alongside those we would consider to be down and out or the least of these. Christmas is asking us to put ourselves alongside the person we might tend to look at as down and out. Jesus' birth was first announced to shepherds, and that just tells us Christmas is for everyone. It's for everyone. The birth of the King of Kings was not announced in Rome or in Jerusalem. It was not announced to the wealthy but to the poor. It was not announced in a major metropolitan city. It was announced first in the middle of nowhere. Proclaimed first not to rulers or priests or teachers or important people, but to shepherds. The shepherds are outsiders in the story of Christmas. Because the birth of a child then, as is true now, is a time to celebrate with family. And yet, the angels did not come to Mary and Joseph's family, people Mary and Joseph knew, the angels first came to shepherds, strangers, outsiders, lowly strangers. And this just shows us that Christmas is for everyone. If it's for those as low as shepherds in Jesus' day, then none of us are too low. If it is those 
if it is for those outside of Jesus' family, then it's like God is saying Jesus' family has this sort of free and open enrollment to anyone who will humble themselves and receive. It really is just anticipating what Jesus is going to do in his ministry, which is totally redefine family for those living in his kingdom. And the shepherd's response is that they leave everything and they go. And they go and they see. And so this Christmas, we're invited to just run alongside the shepherds, to run with them, to see for ourselves. We're invited to place ourselves alongside of them as they run to the manger and worship. Now, when the shepherds got there, what they found was someone actually a lot like themselves, dressed in some, you know, wrapped in some simple clothes, surrounded by animals. Christ comes to us in Christmas in a low estate, meeting us in our lowest estate. You know, it's funny we humans are so consistently drawn to the big, to the flashy, to the powerful. And yet God comes in the small. It's a wonder and it's curious that when God came to this earth, he did not come as the Wizard of Oz. He did not come with flashing Las Vegas lights. He came in total risk, in total vulnerability, as a baby. He came in such smallness, and we find him in smallness. The shepherds leave everything and go. You know, tonight, today, this morning, when you leave, um, you're going to be given uh, a blessing bag. It's a plastic bag, and inside of it, there are supplies like socks and hand warmers and chapstick and toothpaste, uh, kind of needed winter survival uh, items in these blessing bags. And we just want to ask you to help us by taking these, keeping them in your car, take one, keep it in your car, and give it to someone in need that you see or meet this winter. And here's what I want you to do when you give that blessing bag away. I want you to remember that Christmas reminds us that we are all exactly the same in our desperate need for a Savior. I mean, our world right now is training us to focus on where we are different, how we think differently, how, and to do the superiority, inferiority, and sometimes we feel on top and sometimes we feel on the bottom. You know what? Christmas reminds us that we have this shared humanity, that every single one of us is created in the image of God, and every single one of us is in desperate need of God's mercy and God's grace. And some people are going to scoff at that, right? Some people are going to say, no thanks. I will rely on my respectability and my morality. And I've worked really hard and aren't I good enough? But others are going to be humble to receive God's gift and are just simply going to say, I am sick of trying to run my life on my own. And I am no longer trying to prove my worth. But instead, I'm just throwing myself utterly and completely 
on the mercy and grace of God in Christ. And when we do that, the Bible says God lifts us up. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And we see in Christmas God coming in humility. If we are to encounter him, we will only encounter him in humility. And those who do that, those who humble themselves and believe, unto them a Savior is born. And he is Christ the Lord. Let's pray together as we close. Well, Lord, you know this is a busy time of year. And so we take a moment to just quiet our hearts before you. To pause. To reflect. To just say thank you. And for some here this morning, a prayer of faith may be needed or wanted. So if it would be meaningful to you, I invite you to just make the words of this prayer your own. Maybe you want to say this Christmas, God, I want my life to be in your hands. I'm done trying to run my own life. I just don't want to hold back anymore. You've brought me to this place. And I want to receive your love and your grace, your forgiveness and your mercy and your healing. And I'm not, I'm not just imagining that you're real or trying to please family or friends. I confess that I am broken without you. I am full of shame. I've sinned in my thoughts and my words and my deeds, sometimes intentionally, sometimes by mistake, but I want you, God, to be the master of my life. Not my shame, not my brokenness. And so I confess this morning, I confess I believe in Christ, even though I have so much to learn. I understand Jesus came in smallness and vulnerability to save me from my sin and my shame. That his life was perfect, and in his death on the cross, he offered forgiveness. And I humbly accept your great gift of mercy. Father God, I want to live under your care. Jesus, I want to follow you. Holy Spirit, I am empty unless you fill me. I am broken unless you heal me. I am weak unless you empower me. And I'm not certain of what will happen next in my life. But with your help, God, I pray you would give me strength and faith each day. Would you bring into my life people who can show me what it means to walk with you in your kingdom. I throw myself totally on your mercy today. May you... Lord Jesus, be born in me this Christmas. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.